Hey everybody, it's Jamie Oichel from RunningRestaurants.com and joining me for another What's in the Headline session is Roger Bodwin from RestaurantRockstars.com. What's going on, Roger? Hey, good morning, Jamie. These headlines are really grabbing our attention. There's so much to talk about. Well, there's always stuff going on, right, and, and really cool stuff. And, and, and last week, what I came across was a story of a restaurant in North Carolina that had made the decision to ban kids under five years of age, like completely ban them. Like if you walk in with a four-year-old, uh, they're not letting you in. So pretty hardline stance, pretty controversial. And it's really not, not, not the first time this has happened, right? And, and it's not the last as restaurants make these sort of decisions. But it got people talking, and it's an interesting topic for, for several reasons. What was your immediate reaction? Well, I was a little shocked because, yes, it is controversial, but I guess I have a personal experience to relate to that. Um, a good friend of mine opened a restaurant um, years ago at the same ski resort I was at, and he took the same stance where he made it clear that the place was not family-friendly. He wanted to focus on tapas and fine wines and a real high level of service, you know, for each table, and he thought that the kids would distract from that, and that place isn't around anymore. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I just never thought that it was a good idea to discourage business no matter what kind of business it is, you know, families. You know, you want to encourage all forms of business, and there's definitely a better way than making it an outright ban and saying kids are not welcome. So, yeah, I was surprised by that. Um, I think one restaurant uh, in that article had a better approach that uh, that I certainly thought was the better way to go. Yeah, let's talk about a couple of things there. So, yeah, this this is a restaurant. I mean, it is a fine dining place. I go to the, their website of the restaurant that, that that the article talks about, and I get to North, it's in North Carolina, and um, it, it is definitely it's a fine dining place. So I get it. It's not a place where you want a three year old running around the dining room making a lot of noise. And so so the owner made a business decision. He said, Hey, I feel like these, uh, he's, he's, and he's actually a father to himself. Somewhere it says in here that he that he that he felt that the, the he's starting to lose money. His customers were walking out because of the very young children that are throwing food and running around screaming. And so he did what he thought was best for his business. Again, not not sure that it's, it's, it's a good idea to, to uh, knock out a segment of the population and give them that bad feeling. But, yeah, you talked about, so, and it references towards the end of the story, another restaurant uh, that was in the Houston area did something with kids, and I'll just quote it here, and you can, and you can react a little bit more. It said, um, the owner... Uh, handed out a simple card and and he gave it to the families as they came in and it said something uh children at the restaurant don't run or wander around the restaurant and continued with a list of other encouraging behaviors pointing out that hey there's no restrictions just normal etiquette etiquette and and that makes sense of course and you kind of like that approach more i do i mean but there's a difference again i mean i think it's 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 not often, perhaps, that a family will take their kids out, unless they're extremely well-behaved kids. I think the onus is on the parent on the type of restaurant you visit. But I definitely like that approach better, making, you know, the parents be aware of the policy and that they literally have to police the kids and make sure that the behavior meets the expectations of the restaurant if that family wants to dine there. So I think that is the better balance of the two. So, yeah, I, I really like that approach a lot. I thought that was smart. But, you know, where I was going with this is often, I mean, you're a parent, James. I mean, we're we're all parents of small kids, and we, we all want to go out as a family. But the parents want to also know that um, they can have a relaxing time out without necessarily having to watch the kids every five minutes. So if you've got an engaged staff that really keeps the kids busy and gives them a lot to do and keeps them entertained, and makes the focus of the dining experience about the kids, 
then those parents can really have a great relaxing night out without the added expense of a babysitter, you know. So I always tried with my places to make them extremely family friendly, and that worked huge for me on on a number of levels. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Yeah, exactly. Kind of kind of turn the conversation to say, listen, I mean, if you if you if you happen to be a fine dining place and you feel like it's a, the right business decision for you to you know, not have kids in there under a certain age, in this case five, um, that is a business decision, and you need to decide if you're going to lose business or win business and, and, and the PR that might come along with it. So it's a business decision. But the majority of restaurants are, are more are, are more what you're talking about. They're, they're casual. They're looking to encourage family business. They're not looking to turn away any sort of business whatsoever and so forth. So that's where you're, that's kind of your wheelhouse and where you, you kind of kick butt um, with your restaurants. And so I think it's a good good time to talk about, all right, if you, if you don't fall in that category of one demand, folks, what can you do to encourage families to come in Talk about some of the ideas you implemented at your restaurant that you found really successful. Well, there's a lot, and I can certainly cover uh, many of them. But getting back to the whole idea of why you'd want to be family-friendly, I mean, I work with restaurants all the time, and, and let's face it, not every night in your restaurant in anywhere USA is a busy Saturday night, right? We do have our slower nights. So making a a dedicated, family-friendly, kid-focused night is one way to drive business on a slow night during the week. And that was certainly the case for me, which which made perfect sense. And also, you know, I found out very quickly when I first started my business, I mean, I was at a ski resort. Obviously, it was a very family-oriented sort of place, and I wanted to make it super fun for the kids. But I found out really, really fast that the kids are often the ones that make the decision of where the family goes out to eat, right? So if you make your place the fun place and make it the place that all the kids want to go to, chances are that's where the family is going to end up. So you, you literally create the dining experience to be all about the kids, make it super fun, and that's where, you know, the ideas come in. So kids want to go to the fun place. So there's so many things that we did. I mean, we had a make-your-own Sunday bar, which was huge, which not only entertained the kids for a period of time during the meal, but it also sold lots of desserts. Practically every kid would get one of these, you know, make-your-own Sundays, which was a ton of fun. Um, don't forget helium tanks and balloons. Like, kids love to get a balloon, and you give every single kid, as they walk out the door to leave your restaurant, a helium balloon, and they'll remember you, which is really fun. We had a giant fish bowl on the countertop that was always filled with dum dum lollipops, so every kid got a lollipop on the way out the door. Um, we also used to have this really fun treasure chest where one of my staff would dress up in a pirate costume and they'd visit every table that had kids and they had this authentic, you know, it was just a cardboard box, but it was it literally looked like a real pirate's chest and it had a slot on the top where a kid could stick his hand in and pull out a prize. And every single kid got to reach in and pull out. And, you know, this is inexpensive stuff. There's a company out there called Oriental Trading Company that sells all the, you know, the little army men with the parachutes or the little tiny dolls or, you know, the slinkies, whatever it is. I mean, they're really inexpensive items. You fill this treasure chest thing and you go table to table. Kids loved that. It was huge. And then I started to think, wow, you know, I have a slow night on a Sunday when people head out of town because obviously at a resort area, You know, people come up for the weekend, and then they're going to drive back to Boston or wherever they live, and it's a couple-hour drive. So we created this event that was called the Kids Carnival, 
And we started it early. It started at like 4 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, and it, right when the ski area closed, and we ran it until about 7.30. And I, I, I had a really great staff person that was a camp counselor in the summer. So they were my camp counselor, and they ran this kids' camp where they put a whole series of fun games together for all ages of kids, and they kept them busy for an entire three-hour period as families would come and go. Everyone left with a prize. Everyone had a great time. And there was also time for them to, to have their meal and their make their own Sunday and all that kind of stuff. So there's so many ideas that you can do. I remember many times hiring, you know, one of those clowns that comes in and they know how to tie um, balloons in animal shapes and stuff. So every kid yeah. walked out with a dog or, a you know, a giraffe or a monkey or whatever the heck it was. That was a huge hit. And then the granddaddy of all was we had a coloring contest, and everybody's got coloring sheets and crayons, right? But we had a specific contest where we told every single kid to write their parents' email address on the back, the kid's name and the email address, and then turn in your, you know, your coloring sheet. And every single kid that turned one in was a winner. And what we did was we emailed all the parents of the kids that turned in the coloring sheets and we said, congratulations, your kid's a winner in our coloring contest. They just won $5 gift certificate. We look forward to seeing you again. And when you come in, you'll see your kid's artwork on the wall kind of thing. And we hung all the artwork on the wall. So if that wasn't a genius idea to get those families back again and again and again, because as soon as the kid found out he won the contest and he's got 5 bucks, where do you think they want to go back to the restaurant? So, you know, we just made it super fun for kids. And then not to forget, we also had a dedicated sort of a kid's arcade area. Not every restaurant has a lot of extra space, but if you do, even if you have a game or two, like a pinball machine or, a, you know, Pac-Man is certainly old school, but you know what I'm talking about. There's crane games that are super huge that are either filled with, like, knick-knack prizes or stuffed animals or balls or, you know, candy or whatever, these crane games, man, kids will just pour 20 bucks at a time into these things, <laughs> and parents are just happy to keep giving the kid money just so that they stay away from the table so that the family or, or the parents can enjoy having their meal. So all those things worked super huge for me. It was fun for everybody, and everybody, you know, left having a great time, and, they, and it built my business huge. I mean, families were just a huge part of the business because we focused on the kids. Hey, Raj, um, that was like restaurant, um, how to do family kid restaurant 101 right there. I was just letting you go. I was going to interject, but I'm like, man, he's he's just rolling. And, and, and so if any restaurant listens to that little five-minute segment right there, Roger just, just steamrolled about, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten ideas. I was jotting stuff down the whole time. And so you had a lot, a lot of stuff there. And the one thing that I started with was kid, kids do make that decision. I'm, you know, like, again, we have three kids under 12 here ourselves, and, and, and a lot of folks do. And I, I promise you the kids have an important uh, piece in, in a lot of the times we dine out and where we go. And, 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 if they, and we, we mention a place and they go, oh, God, that place just doesn't, you know, like they, they give, and then we go, oh, then we say, all right, where do you want to go? And, and, I, and I swear to God they, they have a part of that. So when they have things like, um, the arcade part, yep, absolutely. I can I can secondary that. The treasure chest, I haven't seen a, pl a place implement that, but I know it works at the dentist office. It's the only way I, it's the only way I get my kid to go to the dentist because they get a prize. Um, so I'm sure kids would love that. 
And so you talked about a whole bunch of fun things there. I, I love the idea, the balloons. Anytime there's that, that balloon person, they, my God, they go crazy. So a whole bunch of fun stuff there. And, and, and the other point that I love, you talked about the slow night part. So touch on that again because we pretty much hit, hit, everything, hit everything I could imagine wanting to hit. But talk about how, as a, from a business standpoint, looking at your business, you have a slow night. This is a way to take advantage of it. How do you look at the numbers? How do you do that analysis? Yeah, I mean, we've done a daily break-even call before, and this is a critical um, aspect of dialing in your operation. There's so many restaurants out there that think that just because, you know, they have a restaurant, they absolutely have to be open seven nights a week because you never know when a regular is going to want to come in or whatever. But, I mean, you can absolutely lose your shirt on a Monday night, say, if you're serving maybe 10 people for dinner and you're open five or six hours and your staff are just standing around. I mean, it's there's nothing more painful than an empty restaurant. So I have a daily break-even exercise that, you know, if you're not a numbers person, you can ask your accountant to go through this. But you have two things um, that are critical to this analysis. You have what are called fixed costs and you have variable costs. And your fixed costs are those things that your restaurant absolutely has to pay every single month, whether it's open or it's closed. And those are things like your insurance, obviously. Um, you have to pay your rent or your mortgage. You know, those are examples of fixed costs. But variable costs are things like, you know, utilities or um, labor. So if you shut the doors and you shut all the lights off, obviously you're cutting your, your electric bill because, you know, you're not, you're not operating. Your labor varies with uh, the hours that you're actually paying people. So if you close, you don't have payroll on a Monday night. So there's, you know, a combination of fixed and variable costs. So what you need to do is make a list of both of those on a monthly basis. What do you pay every single month for every single cost or expense that your restaurant has? And, again, use your CPA or your accountant to help you with this if you can't just go quickly to your QuickBooks, your, you know, your accounting software to figure this stuff out. It's pretty simple, but not everybody is a numbers person. But it's that simple. You make a list of all of these costs, and then you divide by 30. And that's going to tell you exactly how much money – that you need to ring on a daily basis, on an average, so that you're neither making a profit nor losing any money. So let's just say you come up with $900 a day. That means if you're serving, you know, 5, 10 people, you're probably not making $900, but you're losing so much more in payroll and all your, you know, your expenses combined if you stay open. So I found that out really, really early. And so the first thing you do is you try to figure out a way to drive extra business on those nights. And I've got lots of ideas for that. You know, we had two slow nights. I mentioned the Sunday where we built a dedicated family event. But Tuesdays were my second slowest night. And we created this huge event called $5 Pizza Night. And that drove so much business. And it became like an institution over, you know, the course of a season. And I literally did that for 20 years. And we made so much money, and it wasn't about making money on the $5 pizza. We made a very small profit on the pizza, but we made a ton of money on the beer and wine and alcohol sales because it became this really social event where people hung out for hours. And it took you sometimes maybe an hour or more to get your pizza because when the restaurant is filled with people and everybody wants a $5 pizza, you know, we told them up front, you know, our capacity to make pizza is only so much. There's going to be a little wait. But hang out with your friends, have a drink, you know, whatever. And after a while, it just became accepted. This is an event. We're going to be there a couple hours. We're going to have a couple of drinks. We're going to enjoy our pizza, but it's a social event. 
So, you know, that's what you want to do first. You want to figure out a way to drive business on your slower nights and de- and creating a dedicated family event with some of the ideas that, that I threw out in this show will really be a good starting point. Yeah, good, Raj. Thank you. I'm glad you brought that one up. So, so yeah, what you have there is uh, – you do the analysis. You you look at you look at where you are. Some at some point, if you can't drive business on your Monday or, or your Tuesday, yeah, Roger's point would be, and we've talked about it before. You just go ahead and close that night. If, if there's if you've tried everything else and it's not working out, you're going to close that night. So look at promo op- opportunities first. You obviously want to bring people into your place. So uh, if you have a, a Sunday or a Monday or a Tuesday, uh, look at look at these kid ideas, these family ideas. That's an excellent way to bring in business. Uh, we talked about a lot, so I think we we covered a lot, Roger. Anything um, anything going on on your side that you're um, I know you touched on your book a little bit there. Uh, any any uh, anything else you want to share with folks? Uh, they can take a look at your your content, your resources. What do you got? Yeah, you know this triggers another idea that I forgot to mention is one of those great kid driving ideas. So several of the huge marketing ideas that I had in my restaurant also translated to a junior kid version. And I cover all these things. I've got a product called the Restaurant Rockstars Academy, which is like a crash course in maximizing the profits in your restaurant from several different areas. It, it, you know, it handles your critical numbers, and I give you an easy way to analyze all of your numbers, everything from food costs to inventory to that daily break-even we're talking about, to training your staff to double your sales and give great dining experiences to efficiencies in marketing. And all this stuff is in this product called the Restaurant Rockstars Academy, but it triggered a thought. One of the biggest ideas in the academy that drove tens of thousands of extra dollars in pure profits to my restaurant was a mug club. So if you sell draft beer in your restaurant, you should start a dedicated mug club. But where I'm going with this is my my business became so huge. I mean, I had 900 people that belonged to this mug club, and all of them paid me like 50 bucks a season to belong to the club, and that was like $40,000 plus in pure profit. But where I'm going with this is, I created a junior version of the mug club for kids and we had real draft root beer and we got real kids, you know, their own dedicated mugs and they weren't made out of ceramic like the real ones because let's face it, kids are going to drop them and they're going to break, but they looked really, really cool. They were plastic mugs, but you know, the kids could customize them any way they wanted. They could put their stickers on them. We kept them behind the bar and that encouraged kids to come back. They belong to the club and they could get real draft root beer at a really great price. And the kids loved the root beer. So that was just another idea. And, you know, building a mug club and, you know, dialing in your finances and all the other, you know, guerrilla marketing ideas are out there are in this product called the Restaurant Rockstars Academy. Yeah, so, yeah, folks, for folks that are hearing about the Academy for the first time, it's, it's definitely something that here at Running Restaurants we recommend our readers check out, our, our members check out. Roger's just loaded it with tons of stuff from his, his background running restaurants successfully for years. And so that's definitely something to check out. So we'll put a link um, definitely on the page so you can, you can find that. You can easily get to that. I absolutely recommend you check it out. Uh, Roger's stuff is great. Um, also, also on our side, we happen to have a, a great uh, runningrestaurants.com uh, membership promo right now, so make sure you check that out on the page or, or click the Join Now button somewhere on the page and read about that. That is going on right now as well. So, Roger, as always, I appreciate it. We covered a lot of cool stuff. If, uh, if folks listen in, I, I hope they got a lot of good ideas, and so I appreciate you sharing with us as always. Hey, tons of fun, Jane. Thanks for having me um, again on the show. It's just super fun working with you, and uh we want all the operators out there to just maximize their successes and enjoy what they're doing because it's all about passion in this business. 
Absolutely right, brother. I got it. All right, folks, this has been Jamie Oichel from RunningRestaurants.com, along with Roger Bodwin from RestaurantRockstars.com. Thank you so much for listening, and all the best for your restaurant business.